0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 557 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Totalsaddlefit.com, and Herm Springer. On tonight's show, we will be answering more bidding questions with Vivian Schmidt from Herm Springer. And Karen Isberg updates us on her amateur journey with her horse, Oreo, And then Reese and I will answer a listener question for a trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida.
1: And this is Philip Parks. From Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Hi, Phil. How are you tonight?
1: Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. I should have said that we've got Glenn here with us as well. Yes, so let me, we have. Let me Glenn introduce as well. him. He's got lots of news going on at the at the Horse Radio Networks. So, so Glenn, take it away.
0: Hey guys, ah, uh, boy, uh, nothing happened in the world right now. It's kind of boring, huh? Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so uh we i just wanted to let everybody know that we have do you remember uh the weg hurricane coverage that we did yes that was was kind of crazy yeah so and it went kind of viral well we yesterday we thought there's kind of a gap in the horse world for people covering uh Covering the the coronavirus, so we have ramped up to full coverage of it, and this is what we're doing in the mornings on horses in the morning, and my personal page, Facebook page, we're posting updates, and yes, they're a little tongue in cheek, like the hurricane coverage. You need a little levity in all of this, and then, uh. and I'm also, I also was posting which events have canceled, but I think the list would be about a thousand long right now. Um. So in the evenings at 8 o'clock on the Horses in the Morning page, we're doing Facebook Lives. Last night, which would have been Thursday night, we did one with uh, Dr. Jimenez, who is the leading expert in emergency preparedness for horses in the country. And we spent an hour, she went down through how you should be getting your barns prepared, if you have outsiders coming into your barn, if you do a boarding barn, if you do a lesson program, what kind of standard operating procedures you should put in place. Um, You should be thinking about who's going to take care of your horses when, if you're sick and in the hospital, who's going, if one of your boarders or your students gets sick and is all over the barn, what do you do then? If everybody gets quarantined for 14 days, do you have enough stuff? Uh, you know, you need to be starting to think about all this stuff. Uh, and as a result of last night's, we had over 10,000 views, and we've heard from people already th- with large barns that are acting on it and put, have put standard operating procedures and have talked to their boarders and are really being proactive about it. And I think at this point, I mean, look at what's canceled. Pretty much every sporting event in the world, um, you know, there's horse events dropping like flies right now. I, you know, There was probably a 100 today that I saw. Uh, you know, you got to start thinking about it in your own personal. I would recommend that everybody get at least two to three weeks of hay. You know, here in Florida, we work on hay on demand. We don't buy large quantities, um, cause it's too expensive. So, you know, get, get two or three weeks of feed. You know, be prepared that if somebody else is taking care of your horses and you can't for your, because you're in quarantine or you're in the hospital, what do you do? So I just think we all have to start thinking about those things. And that's what we're doing with our coverage tonight. Uh, we're gonna, you know, this show is gonna be out. But every night at eight o'clock, we're gonna be doing something. Some of it might be a little more fun, and we're just hanging out together because everybody's in isolation, and not going to the movies. And you got other fun horse people to hang out with. But we're gonna be doing it every night at eight o'clock on the Horses in the Morning page on Facebook Live. No, I
2: think it's good. Yeah, we all have to to think about it. We we actually just. Had that discussion yesterday was we needed to make sure we had enough feed on on demand. And in here again, we're in South Florida at the moment. And um, yeah, what happens if we have to ration it?
0: And the other thing that people aren't thinking about what happens if the feed store closes because they've been quarantined you know, half of their employees come down with it. Now all of a sudden they have to clean the place and they're shut down. You know, this is, and look at what's happening in Italy that now that's the worst case where everybody, all businesses have closed except grocery stores and there's military in the streets making sure you don't leave your house. Um, you know, that's the whole country of Italy right now. So, you know, that's why you have to take this seriously and, and really be concerned about it. Um, You know, for a a thousand reasons, but uh, Europe is, uh, you know, that's where we might be heading. So, uh, you know, be concerned. Now, I heard World Cup. I'm hearing rumors. I don't have confirmation yet, but I'm hearing rumors as of the time we're recording this that World Cup might be off. And that makes sense because they can't get them or the horses here because of the travel from Europe ban. Um, I think this is my what I think. I think they should send the horses and you and Philip could ride them. And we'll have designated riders, like in baseball. Oh, my gosh.
2: Yes. We're not quarantined. Tag me in, coach. I'm
0: ready. Uh, I think that, you know, Charlotte should send her horses over. Yeah. You know, I think that should happen. By the way, there was a big event over there. I read this. They had that big event in the Netherlands that they were going to do without fans. And then they decided it's a qualifier for World Cup, I think. And then yes, yes, they yeah. decided to cancel it all together hours before it was starting. Well, I'll tell you, Charlotte and the British got out of there fast. Apparently, they packed the trucks in 10 minutes and flew over to Britain. So okay. because they were afraid they were going to get locked out of the country. Wow. Right. So they skedaddled. Consideration. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I for like sure. my okay. pony idea. What's your pony idea? You sh- they send them over to you and you ride them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sh-
2: oh, yes. Phil and well, I tag us have in.
1: Coronavirus.
0: Right? That's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. We're That's good. Right. We would love that. <laughs> well, game. as of right now, again, Thursday evening, nothing has changed in Wellington. It's Nations Cup week. So there's a lot going on. It'll be interesting to see uh, tomorrow night's the Friday night lights, what they do. Nothing has happened yet. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, so far, Wellington's business as usual, but I, I, we'll see how the it's weekend progressed. Time. Well, and yeah, I think that's going to
0: depend plans. on the governor. If he comes out, we've got a bunch of new cases in Florida. If he comes out and does the same thing as the other states and says no gatherings over 250 people or whatever, then, yeah, then, it then the, the decisions are going to be made for him, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. So hopefully, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week for sure. So, but this is when it's nice to have horses, <laughs> and we're we're on farms. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I don't really have limit, to talk to people.
1: You have, yeah, you still have lots to do on a farm if you. Yeah, you're, we're still on a farm. So. Hey, all these people
0: that are being forced to work at home now are getting to ride their horses. So <laughs>
2: I know, right? <laughs> there are positives sometimes in these things, <laughs> for sure. Well, tonight I am so happy to have Karen Innsberg. She is president of Kentucky Performance Products. We are currently snuggling and sharing one mic together here in Florida. Hi, Karen. I mean, she's literally Hi, <laughs> She's literally what, two inches from me. We we feel fairly good about our health right now. So
3: I <laughs> Well, hope- we were live we we'd live it- with each other for three months. I think there's no, we've already <laughs> shared all the germs we can share.
2: So we are together. There is no pictures currently taken of us, but we are sharing a mic because of we. This is our first segment segment in Florida. How did mm-hmm. that happen?
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just because I guess it's just it seems to be just flying by. I just can't believe we only have a few weeks left.
2: It's crazy. <laughs> well, Karen, tell us about your journey with Oreo while we've been here. This has been quite a journey, hasn't it?
3: Oh well, it, yeah. I mean, it's just so. This is the this is the first time then that we've done a whole lot of showing and we've actually done quite a bit we've done the the schooling show at white fences and we've done two other white fences shows and then we um i said to you let's go to global <laughs> and you said okay
2: <laughs> which global is, is, is if people don't know what what global dressage festival that is where all the cdi's happen and it's a completely different environment than the environment where we are. We In our neighborhood, we have our own venue where we hack to. So the horses, it's a different uh, type situation. The horses have to hack down there. They have to go to the horse show. But Karen's and Oreo have been doing that quite a bit since last year. So that's, it's not that intimidating, right? No, Anymore. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, she can do it. She does it by herself. I can't even get there by myself and my own horses. But Karen can get there by herself. She can warm up. Uh, but Global was a totally different venue. We have to go in the trailer. We have to, to show out of the trailer. It's You know, you see Steph uh, and Peter's riding in the same warm-up.
3: Like, it's a very, very different experience. So what was that like, kind of going to a different venue? Well, I, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We went early in the morning. So, I mean, it was actually a whole lot quieter than I thought it was at first. And then that warm-up ring kind of filled up. (laughs) So, and there were a lot of horses doing a lot of different things in there, but Oreo was very good. He really was. I thought he was excellent there. You know, the big tents and all the things going on. And and he, he was very quiet and very cooperative. And so, no, I thought it was really a lot of fun. Um, I was a little more nervous than I usually am. Um, at a horse show just because of where it was, but um, I, I I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And it started to rain. We're not, oh, I forgot uh, like, about a that. A lot of rain.
2: <laughs> not kind of rain, like a lot. So literally as Karen's warming up, everyone's whipping out umbrellas, throwing coats on. So it was that added to a little fun before yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Oria saw a guy with an umbrella and stopped dead in the middle of the warm up and was like, "Oh, mom!" And then, <laughs> but he went on. He 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 was a good boy and he kept going. So I forgot about that. And I wear glasses, so I mean I can't see when it rains. So I had to <laughs> stop and go over to Reese and be to find rag and wipe my glasses off because it wasn't supposed to rain. No, I don't know where that came <laughs> from. <laughs> And Karen, I swear, whenever Karen goes down the center line,
2: it starts to rain. It's just, it's kind of a joke now. So we always have a clean rag for her glasses. And I really, my dad, my dad is an eye doctor. So I've I've even said like, is there like a windshield wiper situation we can work on here? Because she needs windshield wipers for her glasses. So that is a, a, a little bit of a challenge when we show in the rain. Um, for sure. So what is that, you know, looking back on that, going to a different venue, this is a very, very, uh, it's a big venue and it's scary. What are some things you learned or maybe you would, you
3: liked what you did or what you would do differently? Um, Well, uh, um, should we share what happened since it, you know, So I'm I'm usually like the most reliable person in a test. I yes. can go in there and I know my test and I do the test and I can have a horrendous warm-up and I go in that ring and I somehow seem to pull it together and do the test. I, I don't know. Every just, time it, it just Reese just kind of looks at me sometimes it goes, well, you really did that? Okay. <laughs> well, I went into the ring and I was, I was, um, the, the person that I followed was an open rider and he had a beautiful, beautiful ride. And, Oreo um, was being really good. And I, and I picked up my trot and I'm coming down the side, getting ready to turn in the ring. And I thought, okay, Oreo, we're going to really do this. And we're going to go in there. And I was all psyched. And I was back in my waist, sitting back in my, my dressage seat, and pushing him forward. And, uh, halfway through the test, I, don't know what happened. I got lost. I, I (laughs) forgot where I, I didn't forget where I was going. I just did the wrong thing completely. I left out a whole part of the test and the judge, you know, rings the bell and I'm, and I go completely blank, just completely blank. I'm like, nobody was home at all. (laughs) <laughs> and they got me going on the next part of the test. But when I got up in front of the judge, there was still nobody home. I was like, she took her tongue out at me at one point. I didn't know now. what to do. I was like, okay, I cannot remember where I'm supposed to go, like, at all. <laughs> so by this time, I'm really kind of laughing because I'm, like, so lost. So the judge, I, you know, I told the judge, I said, I'm so sorry. I don't usually forget my test. (laughs) And she got me started again and we finished. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, we did pretty well with the rest of the test and coming down the center line. I'm like, we're, we're just going to kill this all. We're just going to kill it. And I did get an eight. Yeah. She got a great (laughs) laugh. It was her best center line. It was just hilarious. And I, you know, and I watched two other people that same day. Do the same thing, get lost. But that had never happened to me before. So that was that was my experience at global. But yeah. uh, but you know, it was <laughs> all good. <laughs> all good. And we
2: only entered one day because we, we weren't quite sure. It was a big was a lot to go
3: over there. So we thought, oh, we should only do one day. But it would have been fun to go back the next yeah, day. Yeah, the next day and see if I could have gotten it. But it 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 never happened before. So and I didn't even know what to do. I was looking at Reese like, okay. <laughs> now what do I do I mean I didn't realize I could write up to the judge and say um okay I'm like really lost can you help me
2: yeah and they're <laughs> very friendly Yeah, that happens yes, like, the, yes. It, like you said it happens actually a lot especially at that venue because it's so scary <laughs> <laughs> so what well, one of the things I'm Karen what what would you say that you learned from
3: that that maybe you would do differently next time well we hadn't I hadn't ridden the test that week um I had You know, I knew knew the test. I'd written it quite a few times, but I hadn't written it that week. I'd written it a lot in my mind and I really felt like I knew it. So I would do two things. I would ride it that week and then probably first time in a new venue, I'd probably have somebody read it for me. Yeah. So that way, if I got a little lost, I would have some something you know, to a fall, fall back. back on. Yeah, a yeah, fallback. Fall and back. we
2: had talked yeah. about it in the warm-up and she's like, no, I, I know it. And, and you've competed this test mm-hmm. before, but you know, that is tricky here. You think, oh, why didn't you practice the test? Well, that week we had an instructor certification workshop here. So Karen wrote in that and had a wonderful lesson with Lilo 4. And here it's a little bit weird because you th- there's so much that goes on that we have to really watch the horse's schedules. And so we had ridden it, but we just had And it was also very
3: hot. Yeah, it was hot that it week. It was hot. Yeah. So
2: when we schooled at Global, we rode through parts of the test, but we didn't do it start to finish.
3: So it was like 93 degrees and it was five, but so my head hot. was, I thought you could fry an egg on my head. It, it was, was so, hot. so hot. So, you
2: know, there was a lot of variables and that happens sometimes. So, which is good. I mean, this was just an open class. There wasn't a qualifying class. It was literally just going and getting an experience at a different venue. So that I think was a good thing to just kind of go and say, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do from now on and have some different strategies in play. Um, and I think the reading would be very good. And Mm -hmm. and we'll just do that from now on because when Mm -hmm. we're at white fences down the street, she doesn't need me, but, a a, a little support from someone would have been good.
3: So we learned that. um, I was just concentrating so hard on making the horse look beautiful that I just kind of forgot where I was going. (laughs) It's like,
2: oops, (laughs) it was, it was, it was. And as a trainer, you know, I learned a lot too on how we were going to you know, how we'll do things differently uh, next time. So, which is good. Not, not that we would do a ton differently, but you know, we will definitely have some different strategies at a different venue uh, if we can now at a championship or a regional. So obviously we can't read that, but, but when we can, we will, we'll help her out. We'll give her some assistance uh, from that standpoint. Um, and Karen, anything else kind of that you've, in, I mean, we have so much we've done here in Florida, but what are some things that have been sort of the,
3: the one thing or or something you'd like to share? Oh gosh, you know, it's just, it's just been so much. Um, There's so many opportunities here to, to watch, um, other people train, you know, got to watch um, Scott Hessler give some lessons and 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 Leela Four. And every time you sit down and and you you watch one of these top trainers, you know, you you walk away with this little tidbit of of information. I mean with each of those right those trainers, I I came out going, Oh, I'm gonna remember this little little bit or piece because, you know, it it it's gonna really help me in the future. So I mean Scott Hessler said something to the fellow that was getting the lesson that I was watching. And he said, you know, when you're out there riding your horse, don't just ride around. Always do something to make your horse feel better or be better, you know. And lots of times I think I would find myself out there just trotting around in a circle and thinking to myself, okay, you know, what am I going to do next or blah, blah, blah. Whereas now, I mean, Scott kind of pops into my head. And of course, you've told me this a million times, but sometimes when a different different person says it, it sticks in your head. So now when I get out there, I think, what am I doing to make my horse better right now? What am I doing? What can I do? And it just makes me think about all the exercises we've done. And it makes me kind of check in with the horse. How does he feel? What do I need to get him in front of my leg? Is he listening? Is he bending? You know, and then come up with some strategies of what I can do to fix that in the moment. So it it was just, it's just little tidbits like that, that you have the opportunity to learn here that Mm -hmm. are, it's amazing.
2: Well, and I think the other thing is just from your fitness standpoint, right? What have you done? I mean, you've had your fitness and your strength on the saddle is so different than when we came in December or early January? Oh,
3: well, here, part of it, um, well, part of it is I, I brought my dog down with me and I, I can't really let him run anywhere. So I'm walking two miles a day with my dog <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, he, helping. and he walks really fast <laughs> 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 because he hasn't been out and he's a pretty energetic dog. And I've also been riding uh, the bike back and forth. So just doing some different things. And I, I think, you know, when, and When I'm home, I do a lot of barn work, but I think I'm going to go ahead and incorporate some other fitness work in because it's really helped me down here. Yeah, no, for sure. Mm -hmm.
2: And what would be your favorite event that we've done? Because we've done a lot.
3: Oh my gosh. I don't even know that I can think of one. Um, I I, I can't. They've just, it's just, it's been so much and it's such a whirlwind in my mind. Um, I think it was really fun to go to Global Mm -hmm. and show there. I think Mm -hmm. that that was just really fun. Um, even with everything that happened, it was just fun to go down there and, and experience that. And I think, um, you know, the rider training that we did that lesson with Lila was, mm-hmm. was pretty yes. incredible, yes. you know, that was awesome. so that was pretty awesome. She said some things that really helped me. So, and then I had a lesson with Phil and I, you know, there's just been one thing after another that was, that's happened here. That's been good. So I, um, I don't think lining. I, yeah, long lining with Richard. Mm-hmm. That's been amazing for my horse. Yeah, it really, it really helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that I can it's, think it's, of one it's thing. Hard. It's yeah. just, there's just it's, a it's ton going every on. day. We yep. we
2: really do try to do something educational every day. If it's a long lining lesson, obviously we have training every day, uh, but there's always something going on at global. I, it's just, it's, it's fun and we really try to take advantage of it. I think this time of the season we're all almost overloaded. Yeah. <laughs> like need to need to clear out our brains, but in general, it's been great. And in the difference now and Karen, um, from the, we've been here three and a half months. Uh, it's, it's just, I guess it's three months at this point. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. incredible incredible and it's really Disneyland for horses. So, well, Karen, as always, thank you so much for sharing your adventure with Oreo. It has been quite an adventure in the last couple months. Um and if our listeners have any questions about your journey or about Kentucky Performance Products, how do they find you online?
3: Well, they can go on our Facebook page, just search Kentucky Performance Products and that's pretty that's, you know, I'm on there a lot. So if you have any questions, you can always private message us. Um, you can go, you can send an email to uh, info at kpp.com um, with, with any kind of questions, and those get forwarded to the people that can help you or me. Um, and then you can call us at 859 873 2974. We're open from 8 to 5, five days a week. So if you have questions, just holler at us and we'll be happy to help you.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, tonight we are so happy to have Vivian Schmidt, Vivian, as we like to call her, uh, the U.S. <laughs> sales and Marketing Director for HemSpringer on the show. Vivian, welcome back. Well, thank you. We were teasing. It's like Vivian Bit Lady. That you're you're kind of like Madonna <laughs> now on the show. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit late.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're so excited to have you back on. Uh, so, Phil, we have lots of cl- questions from our listeners and from the auditor page. So, Phil, start us off. You've got questions for us.
1: Oh, did we ever get a whole bunch of questions? And we answered <laughs> a few last time uh, we had you on there, Vivian. And we said we'd ha- we'd get back to these. So, I think it's about that time. Um, let me just choose one here. All right, here we go if a horse constantly plays with a bit in his mouth, does that mean that there's something wrong with the bit or is it behavioral or how can you tell if this is a bit problem or it's just the horse, the way he interacts with the bit? Um, so far, they've tried a couple of bits. Loose ring snaffle, French link snaffle, bull in mouth. Um, so, I think this is a good, a good question just to start off with, right? Because, you know, maybe you've got a new horse or it's a three-year-old and, you um, Talk to us a little bit about horse behavior versus problem bidding.
5: Well, so that's one of those questions where it's always nice to have a trainer that you trust as well, to have the eyes on the ground, to really truly see if it's a horse that is having a mouse and a tongue issue. Um, you know, playing with a with a bit inherently isn't necessarily bad. I mean, we talk about wanting the horses to, you know, be soft in the mouth, to be chewing to be salivating, to be swallowing. So, you know, if a, if a rider has come from riding a horse with a like, sort of with a shut down mouth, sometimes playing um, can actually be not a negative thing. I'm guessing, though, in this question, it, it probably is excessive playing um, and maybe even with a tongue sometimes, even though she didn't specifically ask about the tongue sticking out. Um, I have seen bit changes make a big difference um, in sort of getting the tongue to quiet down a little bit. Um, But a lot of times it is a training issue and sometimes then that training issue becomes a habit and then it's a really, really tough thing to fix. Um, As I'm sure the trainers on the phone call will will also be agreeing with me at that point.
1: Yeah, 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 I think there's sort of a a spectrum of Tongue playing, bit moving, mouth opening. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about like the three-year-olds, where we're just introducing the idea of the of the bit. So I'm uh, always using a double jointed, like a KK snaffle in those in in my first introduction of the bit, and then I I tend to give it a couple of weeks um, unless there's a, an excessive thing going on, but I think the horse needs to just have. Some time to get, you know, get used to the used to the bit right. in the mouth, and right. you know, and some riding, or even just a horse um, having the bridle on in the stall, and and and, and not doing the yep. noseband too tight. They can even mm-hmm. you know eat yeah. and chew with it, um, because I would prefer the horse to have a little bit extra play in the mouth than to have none at all. Um, right.
5: I think all of us who have ridden a horse that's quote unquote dead in the mouth. Ugh. um right <laughs> yeah so so
1: i've got a I've yeah
5: got a four, reset four, it four all year old five year old.
1: yeah a five-year-old right now who um you know he went in the, originally the the actually uh egg butt kk and uh and the rider who i had starred him uh for me was just like he pulls on the bit so much and i'm like oh, okay 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 and then when i finally you know a few months later got on the horse i'm like oh this is not okay and, and so what mm. I did, we just started introducing different bits to him and I've actually settled on a, uh, what is the the correct pronunciation, Baucher or, or Boucher?
5: Well, it, it depends on what country you come from. Yeah. <laughs> I <heard both>. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't think there is a correct or an incorrect pronunciation. So most common, um, is either, a, a Boucher or a Boucher. I mean, those two seem to be the most common, uh, pronunciations and they're both acceptable.
2: So, so just for everybody, um, Vivian, can you explain that bit and what that means? Cause that's, well, I was just going to
5: say probably, right. Probably why your horse is liking that bit is it's a very stable bit. Um, so sometimes, um, if you have a horse that is being, you know, very playful, um, I, I know the person who asked the question has already tried, you know, double versus, single broken, um, uh, sometimes it can just be uh, that a horse is looking for stability too. And the Boucher, the Boucher, um, but because it has the um, little bit more of a side cheek, um, does tend to be extremely stable in the horse's mouth. You also do have a little bit of pull pressure on a Boucher, um, and sometimes that can also um, help some horses find that contact and that nice connection.
2: So, you know, you're, you're having this, so this problem, and I think it's really important kind of as a scientific experiment almost to, to really go at it. Like, okay, I tried the Boucher or the Boucher. I tried a little bit more the D ring. You know, you c- talk a little bit about how you would do that from how many rides would you give each bit if you were to, to kind of go down as a decision tree model of if I like it or not how, how would you do that right. I you know
5: if if I would say a good two weeks and you should get you know um, assuming the average person gets four to five rides in per week you know that gives you eight to ten good rides in that bit um, and then I would make sure some of those are arena rides and if you also ride outside some of those are outside rides um, you know, if you're more just working and practicing in the arena, stay in the arena, but that will give you a really good, um, picture of how this is working for yourself and for your horse. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think it's really important to do that and give it, give it a little time. Uh, we, we're literally just having this conversation in, in our, my barn for my assistant's horse, who's a thoroughbred and she's a little bit, uh, touchy and so sometimes having it on for a couple days is important you get a little bit different data than you would when you first put it on when you first put it on her reaction is different than if you just have a few rides so I think that is important to have a couple rides in the bit to decide unless the horse is clearly doesn't like it but a young horse I think it's important that they kind of get used to it and and stay stable with that
1: yeah. what do you think what, what, right what I also, what I also yeah. like to do is is maybe even lunge inside side reins just to take Ooh. the rider out of the picture Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and use that a little bit for my own information so I can kind of watch the horse, watch how he's sort of interacting. Whereas, you know, the, the side range just, you know, take all of the rider contact out of it and just saying, you know, here's, here's a stable piece of equipment that, you know, it doesn't move, doesn't do anything weird and just sort of look at it from that perspective.
5: Right. Yeah, it makes so let me ask you we we kind of talked about, you know, um how you introduce a horse to a bit first. Um how do you go about introducing um your curbs, your reins when it when you get to that point?
1: Oh, getting into the double. Yeah, I love it.
2: Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. Well, I I'm happy. I, I'll take this one first. Um okay. so one thing that yeah, I'm very lucky here in Florida that I can almost always have a bit fitting fairly early mm-hmm. in the horse's career, which I like, because when I go ahead and really start to like, say, okay, it's time for the double. Um, and you know, I start to put the double in, a, you know, fairly early and, and, but with putting the double in also means I may hack them in it, like just put right. it in the horse's mouth. And, you know, there may be in my recent one, big Mike, he was six when I, and he was showing a second level solidly, like a very solid second level. And I thought, okay, you know, I think the double bridle is going to enhance where he is. And it did, it was actually very helpful. Um, and I had also gotten a bit fitting done. So I knew the bits Mm -hmm. that I had were going to fit him. So I would, if you have that opportunity, I think that's really helpful because then, you know, okay, when I'm going to start with the horse, I know, the bit I'm going to put them in is, is going to work and it's going to fit. And I think that's important if you have that opportunity. Um, and then, you know, I'll hack them in a little bit. Honestly, I don't have never really had a ton of problems with transitioning to doubles. Um, I do feel like when I transition my students, I really make sure that they have good hands. I think that's actually yeah. something that you have to really talk about. You know um, uh, you have to have very soft hands when you first initially um, introduce that to a horse. Uh, but again, I haven't had too much trouble. I, I start with a very, uh, soft curb. Vivian, if you were just to start with a curb, what, which one would you just, if you didn't have a bit fitting, which one would you start with?
5: Well, we actually, um, one of our new bits is, is, um, we call it the revolver, the the revolving bit. That is such a kind, kind bit. It's the one that has the moving, um, side, side pieces. Mm-hmm. um so it's extremely mild and it's extremely forgiving so um for somebody who's just starting to also either to introduce a a, a curb and or getting themselves introduced to riding with you know two reins and a double um that is a, a would be a very very appropriate bit um and that's now pretty pretty widely available um we have you know also can talk about then um, the shank, you know, the five mm-hmm. centimeter centimeters versus the seven centimeters. Um, so the seven centimeter shank, um, obviously you have a little bit more leverage, but it is a little more forgiving as far as the rider's aids are concerned, as long as the rider isn't just using it, you know, as a handbrake or pulling back all the time because the five centimeter shank, um, your rein aids get to the horse's mouth so much quicker than in a seven centimeter. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, uh, there's so much you can talk about, but again, I think, um, you know, a, a, a good bid fitter can also help. Then of course, we also have a lot of people who buy already educated horses that sometimes come with a double. And a lot of times people are afraid to mess that up and they buy that double bridle with their horse. Yeah and don't ever even really look at the bits.
3: <laughs>
2: right. And and you know what? The, it's people have done that and mm-hmm. I've actually had dealers change the bits.
1: So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then but, send the horse right with, and then send a, the horse actually a different right. company. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: I have had that happen mm-hmm. because I have mm-hmm. taken the picture of the bit. So, whenever I try a horse in mm-hmm. Europe or try a horse, I actually always take a picture of it. If I can get the size, I do that. Like, the size doesn't you know, I can size them, but I always, right. whenever I buy a horse from someone, I take the picture. And I have had different bits come from someone, you know, they clean out their yep. tack room and they put it literally put different bits on. So just as an FYI, be careful, just because you get a horse with a bit, unless you know, for sure, that was
5: its bits, just, just, just an FYI. Right. I've had that happen. <laughs> right. Right. And if you, and if you are having a um, bidding issue with a new horse that's already come to you in a double, or all of a sudden you're having some issues and your horse is in a double bridle, um, go back to the snaffle, go back and make sure the Burdun is correct. Um, mm-hmm. Take the curb out of the equation, you know, because a lot of times um, the the problem, the issue, the core may lie in the Burdun and not even be the the curb. Um, so it's good to separate the Weymouth from the Burdun, just find the correct Burdun slash snaffle again, and then add in the Weymouth again.
1: Well, I think with the with the rules the the way they are now, and that you you know in national competitions can show all the way through Grand Prix in a snaffle, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself you know what is the point of putting the double on, or you know mm-hmm. if if I if I got my horse going really well in the snaffle, you know if if I and I have no plans to compete internationally, you know maybe you know if this not it's not really necessary anymore. So I think that has to, you know, enter in conversations with with people and and uh, and just the different th- thoughts about it because they're making horses with really sensitive small heads and sensitive mm-hmm. mouths, much right, more than they right. were bred before. With a little yeah. bit more of the of a heavy horse influence and strong horses and and strong mouths and you know we got lots of nice fancy horses on the small side and who are sensitive enough with, and then may yep, never yep, in their life really needed.
5: refined heads. Yeah, yeah exactly. with those really refined heads and um and and smaller mouths, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: yeah, that makes sense.
1: oh, so it's interesting, but I think it's just like you know, get a lot of information. your trainer should be able to help you with that and and you know, introducing the double. and uh, yeah, I just wanted to to say, Vivian about we i think if people have Listen to the show before they've heard that i i actually introduced this new bit to a horse that i ride and and train and and how well it's gone since uh getting that revolver style uh, way mouth on him so i just uh just wanted to give my thumbs up to the to the new design of the bits coming awesome Awesome. yeah Yeah.
2: so (laughs) remind all of us uh myself included because my brain is small right now um what what was your problem and what did vivian help you fix
1: Well, if people have listened to the show before when we have Vivian on, I was talking about a horse that I had introduced to the double, and he did not like the double I had on him. He was basically trying to spit out the combination of bits that I had on him, and so uh, I sort of gave up on that idea and was riding him in the snaffle, talked to Vivian all about it, and she sent me this new uh, revolver-style waymouth that I wanted to try on him, and... uh, it, I mean, it's been going well. So I ride him mostly in the snaffle now and uh, and do the odd ride in, in the double. And I think that sort of is working for him. So I'm not going to mess with that, you know, so much. And uh, like I was just saying, he doesn't need to show internationally, you know, maybe ever. So um, I just like to use the double on him a little bit for a tune-up because he can get strong. But uh, otherwise, you know, the, the opening mouth, the, the spitting the bits out, Problem has been resolved, and awesome. uh, and and it's been and it's been really great. Yeah, yeah,
5: that's fantastic.
1: So, yeah, so Vivian, I got one more question, and I think we've got to. Get I know, to this I'm. One.
5: I, I I'm like, wow, we've literally gone down so many tangents, and we've managed <laughs> yes. to answer one question. And I'm not even <laughs> sure we answered that question. Exactly. Oh, how popular you are.
3: Exactly. Um, so many questions.
5: So, well,
2: bidding is is hard. It's it's, it's yeah. really a difficult. It's why we're doing these segments because there's so many questions and and so many variables that it's really tr- tricky. So Phil, what what's our next question?
1: Well, I want to get to one last time because I think this is an important one, especially for anybody retraining a thoroughbred. And um, we know that on the track that they do uh, a tongue tie a lot of times and then when we're mm-hmm. introducing them to a different world a different riding that we get a lot of tongue out tongue to the side mm-hmm. the horse also with the idea of kind of spitting the the bit out um so uh just you know, vivian what's your experience with this what what kinds of bits do you think work with this with these thorough, you know retraining thoroughbreds or just again horses with sensitive you know, mouths
5: other- yeah. The other thing that's really interesting about a lot of these, um, off the track thoroughbreds that we deal with here is that, you know, if you take a look at a, at a, at a horse when it's racing and when it's being trained to race, I mean, those jocks have very, very short reins and they're tight, you know, and tighter reins and shorter reins means go faster. And then, we put them in the dressage ring and we put them in the hunter jumper ring, and all of a sudden, pulling back on the reins is supposed to mean slow down, right? So it's a very, very long, um, patient meeting <laughs> um, process. You know, a lot of times you just really kind of need to. You know, and I, I know a lot of people sort of you know do do the let down. I think is what it's called of uh, you mm-hmm. know once they get a thoroughbred off the off the track, they just sort of turn them out and they but I think that ha- I, I think that also helps in sort of rewiring their brain and gives you um, as you want to try to start with as clean of a slate as you can with these um you know horses out of race. Um, and it's not just the thoroughbreds, it's standard breads too. I've run into it with with them as well. Yep. Um, you know where they've just um, pulling means go. So you need to kind of help them out of that phase. So um, a, a lot of times, you know, the the more relaxed you can be in your training, the slower you can go in your retraining, the better off you're going to be in the long term. Um, specifically, as far as bits are concerned, a lot of times um, I do find the single jointed bits. Um, more accepted by the thoroughbreds because they are so sensitive that sometimes the double joint can just be too much. It can just be overwhelming. And we always think, you know, it's more friendly and it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it they can be, but they can also be too noisy for some of these really sensitive types. That makes
2: sense. So what would you start them in? Just a, just a, what, what would, like, if you were just a blanket, say, I would try to start them in X.
5: I would most likely go with a single jointed dynamic RS, probably egg butt, because that is one of the quietest, you know, um, mildest bits to start with. The other option I would maybe take a look at, um, are the duo bits or Mm -hmm. the nace bits, (laughs) which are, um, uh, also can be extremely friendly towards the horses and then, and it's a different material, right? It's not the metal. So those three options would be three, three options to kind of start with. Ah,
2: fantastic. Actually, I just wrote those down for my assistant. I'm handing her the sticky when she comes in the door here in a minute. That's perfect. I'm like, let's try these. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Well, Vivian, we seriously could, could keep you on all night and we love how you answer our questions and our listeners, please send us questions. But if our listeners would like to contact you off air, how do they do that?
5: they can go to the Springer website and we can get in touch that way. They can also still continue to get in touch with me via you both. Or <laughs> Fantastic. All, yeah, your show.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, we love it. Fantastic. Well, again, that's Reese at Horse Radio Network or Philip at Horse Radio Network, and we will make sure they get to Vivian. So Vivian, thanks so much as always for coming on the show. We love your segment and we look forward to chatting with you soon.
5: All right. Take care, guys. Thank you.
2: Well, Phil, I can tell you I'm getting a lot of use out of my stability stirrup leathers right now. And so are my ladies, Karen and Susan. Susan just ordered a pair this week. they are loving the slim stability stirrup leathers. We, we have, um, Justin was awesome. I had wanted to try them because uh, a lot of people had asked us and Justin's very generous to us and, and he sent us a pair. And I will tell you, we're very, very happy uh, with that, with this the, the slim, which the buckle is lower. I, I like the original, but I'm a little bit old school that way. But my ladies who are slimmer, they really like the buckle on the bottom. Um, and they like that their leg can stay a little bit more against the the saddle. So I'm very happy to report that, uh, I like both of them. I think you have to decide which one you like better. If you don't like a buckle under your thigh, um, then go for the slim stability stirrup leather, but I've been very, very happy. The
1: the beauty here Reese is that you can order, you Mm -hmm. know, both kinds and, and, uh, you get to try them for 30 days and you can return them. Uh, you know, for no charge and and uh, you can figure out what you like best. I, yeah. I really like that about Justin. You know, and all the products have that money back guarantee policy. So that's great. I have to say that um, we were just doing uh, some saddle fittings here in the barn up north as we're preparing for our show season. And uh, the, store, the store that we use for, for our saddle fittings is, is Bar Saddlery and they carry all of the Total Saddle Fit products which makes it really easy you know, for uh, you know, buying the buying the leathers for for my students and and, and all that great stuff. So uh, I have to give a little shout out to Bar Salary and and Jeff over there that does our saddle fittings. So really happy with that. Really happy with uh, you know, uh, Total Saddle Fit has been a sponsor of ours for uh, a couple of years now. We have to give a, a thanks to them and and a thanks for coming out with all sorts of great products that we can happily endorse and use every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if you have any questions about about uh, the Total Saddle Fit products you, They're really easy to get in, get in touch with You can email them But uh, check out totalsaddlefit.com
0: This week's dressage training tip Is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit Home of the shoulder relief girth At totalsaddlefit.com
2: Well, and Phil, we have a listener question from I think Facebook, right? What What you got for us? I don't even know. It's like dealer's choice.
1: <laughs> well, we uh, we have a, this question from Nicole from from our Facebook page. So uh, sometimes we're not great about checking that, but we do get to it and get to the messages. And uh, what are you talking and, about,
2: I'm great. I check it all the time.
1: Okay, well then Phil? you're great, and I'm not great. Sorry. I'm not great. No, we,
2: we do watch that Facebook page. I'm, I'm kidding. We yeah. don't always get to the questions online, but we do watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Great. So here we go from Nicole. Um, she has a question that we can maybe help her with it. She has a horse working second level and has a left hind versus right hind strength issue. Left hind's a little weaker. Um, it's making a difference. Uh, in the the left shoulder in versus the right shoulder in walk counter transitions basically everything. If you have a hind leg one that works better than the other ones, you're gonna it's gonna show up in all of the work. So and also I guess uh, in wear patterns in the left hind shoe.
0: Okay.
1: Um says ground poles are great for strengthening hind legs. There are a few extras to try, but wondering if we had any other sort of advice or exercises for that for that left hind leg. So uh, I'm gonna throw it to you. Here. Okay. I think we,
2: Throw we it to me, yeah, absolutely. I'll take, I'll take a first stab at it. And then I know you'll have some awesome things. Um, so that is tricky. I will say that every horse has a strong and a weak hind leg, so it's not unusual. However, um, I have dealt with this particular problem with the left hind leg. Actually. Um, I will always say if there's one left hind leg that's weaker, I always do make sure that the vet has had a crack at it. Um, because Interestingly enough, it probably happened when they were younger, potentially, that, that that's that weak. So that's just one thing I like to always say, like, make sure your vet's checked it out um, and that there's no um, tear, et cetera, in the leg. But uh, in general, when you have a weaker hind leg, you always have, you know, one, one side to the other that's weaker. Um, number one, it is important to work on straightness uh, and acknowledging the fact that that is weaker. So also, you know, I'm blessed. I'm from Kentucky. And so if I have a weaker hind leg, I always put that horse on the hills if I can. Uh, when I'm in Florida, mm, it's a little bit different. It's very flat here. There's there's zero hill uh, where we are. So then you do have to go to work. So I like to think of that hind leg as always kind of paying attention to it. Um, I like the fact that you do ground poles. I think Cavalettis are also very helpful. Uh, and I like a raised Cavaletti for that. And I would put that horse, for example, I put the raised Cavaletti uh, you know, one side up, one side down. And I would do a lot of work uh going to the right on that particular cavaletti with the higher pole on the outside. So it'd be the left hind leg that has to lift his leg there. That's that is helpful. It can be very helpful. You can do it in walk and trot. Um, I would also do um a little bit of turn on the forehand work where you're really teaching that horse to engage that particular hind leg. Um I also think that shoulder for shoulder in is also good because you're isolating that hind leg and driving it to the outside rein. So I think that that's also a very good exercise. So those are some exercises I would be paying attention to. Uh, Phil, do you want to pop in here now?
1: Uh, Sure. I mean, you have to understand that in dressage, you're basically always working the hind legs. So every exercise (laughs) that you do, um, you know, where you should, and particularly the exercise where you're noticing the difference then you're already doing the work that's going to kind of fix the problem. The, the, what you have to really pay attention to is the quality of your exercises. And I think, like Reese said, the quality of the alignment of your horse because you're not going to strengthen the, the left hind leg. Uh, if you do, Let's say you're doing shoulder in to the left. You notice that it's a problem. The horse will be particularly good at finding evasions to working mm-hmm. the weaker hind leg. So if you're doing left shoulder in... And you're, and the horse has figured out that if he pops the right shoulder, then the the work becomes a little bit easier for them. Then you're not going to be strengthening the hind leg. Does that make sense to you, Reese?
2: Yeah. Oh no, I think that's really yeah. So critical. Uh, just
1: yeah, really, really, really pay attention to the quality of the movements that you're doing to the left, and be strict with the horse about about the quality of the alignments that you're working on. So you're not allowing the right shoulder to pop out when you're doing a shoulder in, or when you're doing your walk canter transitions, because the horses can be really sneaky Yep. and, and find different little evasions, different little ways to make the work easier.
2: And and Phil, I've got kind of an analogy for that. Think of a, a water hose. Um, you know, you want the, the, the horse to be in alignment, like a water hose. But if there's any, uh, when you're trying to really align that horse with like say the left hind in this case, if there is a, any kind of weakness in that hose, like the right shoulder, which would be the typical one, uh, the, the water's going to try to run right for that weakness in the hose. So you've got to yeah. then make sure that there's a, there's a wall. Of, there's no a, leak. There's you no weak Exactly. You can't have can't a leak, have a leak right? Because as yeah. soon as there's a leak, boom, that horse is going to go for it, which think about it. Like if you're weak and you're doing squats at the gym, for example, and, you know, I don't like squats. I have a bad, I have a leak in my right knee. Um, so I'll try to position myself any way I can to, to not be positioned correctly. So I have to have a trained professional there to say, uh, you know, make yourself straighter there. Uh, so because I'm going to try to run out the leaky hose essentially make, make my life easier. So that's always the case with a horse that's weak. Well, and again, every horse is going to have a weak and a, a stiffer and a stronger side. It's just, yeah the way we are, the way horses are. So you've got to really pay attention to that. Um, as in, and you said it, and I'm just going to say it again is quality versus quantity, right? It's just like anything. If you're really weak and you go to the gym and you do 25, you know, bicep curls, for example, the next day you may not be able to do 10 bicep curls you know because you've you know you've worked that muscle so you've got to be careful that you don't make a horse too sore when you're working so it's, it's yeah. really a balance actually it's, it's, of-
1: it's a tough it's a tough project mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. um, with the same sort of analogy you, you don't want to be lifting too much weight and mm-hmm. and a horse if you're trying to really focus on making an angle in a shoulder in you can overdo that angle yeah you can certainly, you know, what I tend to do with a horse that may be a little bit weaker is be on, on less of uh, a three track for sure not a four track so that I'm trying to make the work better quality that you can sustain it for a little bit longer rather than saying, uh, okay, I'm going to have to really overdo my angle here in, in the shoulder. And that's what, that's what happens with a lot of people because they think, okay, the more angle, the better, but you end up allowing the shoulder out on, through the right while you're in your while you're in your shoulder into the left, so I want to see the horse be a little bit less angled w- with making a better quality shoulder with good better energy than making the horse struggle with with over angling the problem and 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 trying to do a little bit too much. So um, you have to think yeah. about these things as as you're doing the movements that are going to solve your problem. But think about you know how how am I doing the movements? What am I focusing on? Can I get a little bit better alignment? And then, you know, can I go shoulder into Romvair and
2: mm-hmm. then
1: back to shoulder? And that's right. what I really, exactly. that's what really helps me check whether my angle is correct is if I can change the bend uh, right. throughout my shoulder in back to Romvair, back to shoulder in and mm-hmm. not lose my tempo or my feeling of balance throughout that.
2: And that yeah, is hard so to do.
1: <laughs> that's really hard to <laughs> that do. That is yeah.
2: really hard to do. especially and, if, and if have you a horse think it's easy, sure.
1: go ahead and do it on a center line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> get Get yourself off the wall yeah yeah for so sure
1: i think i think that's a little bit our advice is the the quality of the you're already doing the work that's going to fix the problem now really try to f- feel like you can make it uh better quality and your horse's hind leg will get stronger yeah promise absolutely
2: yeah promise promise promise. but keep us up yeah. to date we we love to hear and then things that worked for you uh it's always great and we may use it in our own yeah. program. And sh- shoot us
1: a video shoot us a video yeah. we can do a little bit of critique and maybe we can uh we can help out a, a little bit further
2: yeah, to, you're, uh, always, you're, uh, you're always you're always welcome. We your alignments,
1: it. you know, uh, in this world of technology and while we're at <laughs> home here. having no sports to watch, especially for me <laughs> for I watch Phil,
2: sports. what are you gonna do, Phil?
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh, but, goodness, uh, yeah, we welcome videos. We welcome more discussions on these topics. Uh, further explanations might be needed. Um, let us know.
2: Let us know. We love it. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. And Phil and I teach. And if you're around us at all or want us to come take a look at your horses, never feel bad about sending us an email. I've got some students, some listeners here in Wellington, and it's been so fun to get to know them as well. So we love it. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is Reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way that you can find me is through Facebook or my email, Philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com, including a little bit of coronavirus coverage coming to you pretty much every day from Glenn. Um, so listen in,
2: listen in. Well, everybody keep your heels down, your shoulders back, get your hand sanitizer and your wipes, and we will talk to you next week.